Lickin' On Lending. Welcome, everybody. Good to have you with us. Welcome to Lickin' On Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news, all related to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Transformational Mortgage Solutions. To participate in today's program, our guest call in line is 646-716-4972. Now here's your host of Lickin' On Lending, David Lickin. Let's begin. Welcome to another podcast. That voice you hear at the beginning is none other than Paul King, who has been with me involved in the podcast for so many years. We're so grateful to have Paul's contribution. And we have Nikki, who works with our guests. And so thank you to the staff and the team that we have assembled here at DL2 Productions, which is the producer of the podcast. We're so grateful for their contribution. And Paul, thank you so much for that intro. You do a great job. It's Monday, October 4th, and coming up on the annual conference. A lot to talk about as we prepare for that. I'm going to get into a couple of things we touched on last week in just a minute, but we say each week that this podcast is created by mortgage professionals. It is for mortgage professionals, and we're so grateful to you listeners for taking the time to listen to us. Not only that, but giving us feedback, sending us texts during this. A lot of people say, look at how do we text you? Text my cell phone or go on LinkedIn. That's one of the two things we monitor when I'm looking at things. You can text me at 512-632-2900. And I always try to get to all your questions. I certainly do appreciate the feedback as it's coming in and really grateful. Again, our commitment is to bring you timely information in an audio format that you can listen to anytime and anywhere. Last week, we touched on a headline that got a lot of feedback, a lot of positive feedback. It's the lawsuit that's taking place. It was in the National Mortgage News. It had to do with Tammy Richards, who I know have met numerous times, have a great deal of respect for her, suing the organization she used to be with, Loan Depot, who another organization, which we've all admired their success and where they're at. And there were some issues that were brought up there, something about how the company was a fraternity, more of a frat house kind of environment. Those are my words. I'm not sure I'm saying it accurately, but there was some comment there, but also a lot of comment about the pressure that she felt to change guidelines for the sake of production. And it has come up a lot since we focused in on that. And a lot of people appreciate the fact we brought it up, especially when I focused in on the culture. Well, we had another incident over the weekend. We had a very good coach, a coach that I admire. <laughs> so sure, I've always appreciated him when he was at Ohio State, but Urban Myers, for those of you aware of it, and in sports, that Urban Myers found himself in a compromising situation. He was in a bar and out for dinner, and then he uh, was invited into a, the bar setting to just celebrate with some people, and a young female was dancing and backed up and looked like she had an inappropriate contact. Here's the reason I'm bringing it. We've got the annual NBA conference coming up, and I think one of the things is that we need all of us be aware of situations we can find ourselves in. Certainly, that situation. Urban Meyer did not bring that on. Now, I'm not going to get in and talk about what's in the heart of Urban Meyer, but he has published how absolutely faithful he is to his family, how his family first. And he watched the interview afterwards. He said, I should have just left. I, I, I went into the bar and I found myself in the situation and I should have been there. The best way to avoid it is just not be there. And so one of the questions I'd love to get the feedback from our listeners on is how do you create a culture where which we're doing things politically correct, but that it doesn't just shut down life? And that, but as we get into the conference season, preparing ourselves and thinking ahead. When I saw this, this came up today with one of my clients, brought it up. And what do you recommend? How we use this as an opportunity to teach from? And that's exactly what it is. It's a moment where you look at this, and I think the thing is, is anticipate, folks, where you find yourselves, the situation, what is the potential, and what would you do if someone's there recording 
you and your action, and you're a leader in your company. What would you do? So, Alice, want to get a great comment. I always respect you so much as a true consummate professional in the industry. You've managed through so many different situations over your life. Commentary real quick, your thoughts? Well, I think not obviously knowing all the facts, right, yep. and not wanting to zero in just on that specific incident, just kind of in general when we get into public settings. First of all, alcohol is usually a factor in many of these. So, yep. you know, our advice over my years was just don't drink when you're around clients or you're in a potential mm-hmm. scenario where you might not have the same level of common sense but if you didn't drink. So um, I just throw that one out there since we're talking about the conference. Yeah. But I think how you react is also going to be measured. And uh, that's, as you're saying, what is so important. Someone makes a mistake, is in a situation today, just assume everything's being recorded. You can't assume yeah. what if. Just assume somebody's out there with a cell phone who's going to capture something and then just know how you're going to react and just don't get yourself in those situations in the first place has always been my motto Good. things start Good getting motto. out of hand leave yeah if you're uncomfortable leave you see a potential for a situation leave well i might miss a connection well you miss a connection or have this kind of publicity come out jack you've managed a lot of people over your years thoughts on this and quick guidance as we get ready to head into the conference well david i saw the video and you have to know that when you are in a leadership position you Mm -hmm. are setting the tone for the culture and clearly urban as i looked at the video could have easily gotten up and walked away and got himself out of the situation i think it was poor judgment on his part to not take a definitive move to extricate himself from what was going on. And you got to keep in mind, if you're the leader, the team looks at you to set the guidelines for the culture of the organization. And this was a fail, David. Yep, it was a fail. He owned it. He's apologized to the team. And again, the only reason I'm bringing this up, we're not bagging on, on Urban Meyer. What I'm bringing it up on is, hey, we're getting ready for conferences. We're getting back to gaps. Check, you said so well. All HR issues fell by tenfold when we started working from home. That was a hilarious comment you made on the podcast we were talking. It's so true. But I think it's awareness. Folks will come to the conference. Be aware of things. What is your behavior saying? What is it communicating? Let's not get so paranoid that we can't be ourselves. But in being ourselves, let's use some wisdom. That's one of the reasons we bring it up. So anyway, we'll move on. So excited to have joining us on the Hot Topic segment, Karen Jenkins, Senior Product Manager at Finastra, who has now become the number one fintech company in the world. Folks, when we have someone who has number one, we got some wonderful insights into what they're thinking. And so Karen Jenkins, Senior Product Manager, will be here with us. With the NASTRA, we're proud to have the number one fintech company in the world as our sponsor. So grateful. We're talking about digital transformation and what it means to Finastra and what it can mean to you. Sure gives me some good perspective. When you're talking to one of the industry leaders, they spend time thinking about it, a lot of time. So we'll be getting into that. So stay tuned for the Hot Topic segment. Also want to say a special thank you to this industry syndicate. They're doing a great job of creating and promoting and sponsoring, producing great podcasts out there. Check out industrysyndicate.com. We're featured on that as one of the channels whereby we publish. Encourage you to check it out. Again, Josh Pitts and I are putting together another one. We're getting ready to start soon. Really excited about that. So a lot of podcasts out there. And I think more and more, make yourself aware of it. Also setting up for one of our clients, an internal podcast for their own company. This is a growing segment of podcasting. Internal subscription for your 
group only podcast, helping do that for one of our clients. So that's very exciting. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, the Mortgage Bankers Association of America, as well as Finastra. We have our special guest, again, their Mortgage Bot Solution taps into the robust features such as user-defined groups for processors, underwriters, and closers that rely on automated email notifications for various stages of the loan process. We encourage you to check out the Nastra's Fusion Mortgage Bot Solution. Been around a long time, but they've done a lot of enhancements, and we're going to be hearing more of what Karen and her team at Finastra has got planned for the future. Also, I want to say a thank you to Lenders One and the Mortgage Collaborative. Both of these are co-ops that do a great job of bringing together intimate settings, the lenders and the vendors helping you as a lender become more familiar with what others are experiencing and get kind of in a more intimate environment. Also, CMLA, Community Mortgage Lenders of America, do a great job as well as Incelerate. Love what Josh Friend and his group does there. And uh, we drive a lot of business over to Josh, and I encourage you to check out Incelerate, I-N-S-E-L-L-E-R-A-T-E.com. Check out what Josh has built over there, especially when you're not looking at innovative ways in which you can interact with customers. Got a lot of wisdom in that guy. Knowledge Coop does a great job with their learning management system, as well as Mobility, MMI, and Modex. These are two great business intelligence tools helping you find the right LOs and find out which realtors are doing the business. Both of them have insights into the real estate world. Then our newest sponsor, SnapDoc. Love these guys. Love what they're doing, their vision. I'm telling you, pay attention to what SnapDoc has got planned and doing. They've got some very innovative things happening there. Also, a special thank you to Rob, Les, Alice, Alan, Matt, and Jack now. So let's get over to Rob Van Rapphorst with this week's MBA Mortgage Minute. Rob? Hi, I'm Rob Van Rappos. Welcome to the Mortgage Minute and the latest news from the Mortgage Bankers Association. Last week, the USDA and HUD removed their September 30th, 2021 deadline for borrowers to request an initial COVID-19 forbearance. Borrowers will now have until the expiration of the COVID-19 national emergency to request an initial forbearance, which will provide them up to 12 months of forbearance. Also last week, FHA released its proposed COVID-19 40-year loan modification plan on the HUD drafting table for public comment. And finally, according to MBA's latest forbearance and call volume survey, the total number of loans now in forbearance has decreased to 2.89% with an estimated 1.4 million homeowners in forbearance plan. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining me. That's encouraging news about the forbearance. Maybe the numbers keep coming down, and uh, that's, that's awesome. So you look at overall what's going on in the industry. You're looking at COVID, and a lot of people are talking, should we be going to the MBA? I know registrations are down. We know that for a fact. We anticipated that. But nonetheless, if you look at the agenda, what they have planned, there is a really solid agenda. You need to be there. You need to get registered. You do need to get tested before you go. And that is something that they're not going to comment on because a lot of people are kind of annoyed with that. But the reality is we want everyone to be there. They want to be safe. The MBA is, is a leader in the industry. So they're leading by saying, hey, get yourself COVID test before you go in there and bring that proof of immunization. So look forward to seeing you in San Diego. Let's get over to Les Parker. With this week's TM Spotlight and Macro View of the Markets. What you got for us, Les? On fixing on the complications. Looking because they're tired of climbing. Make their way back home when they learn to fly high. TM Spotlight Soundbite is brought to you by Power Seller, making hedging easy. Stock and bond prices falling? 
They wonder about the production and shipping bottlenecks along with the rising cost of energy, which wreak havoc on inflation. Meanwhile, spooky news came from the sudden departure of two Fed presidents and a senator calling Fed Chairman Powell dangerous. Markets like predictability and certainty. Will the news complicate the major central banks taking the punch bowl away? Who sobers up Congress that drank the punch bowl of quantitative easing and demands more liquidity to drink? I mean, spend. Make your way back home when you learn to. Sign up at tmspotlight.com. By the way, these views are my own and get you home. Uh, I always love how Gary Cantrone and Les Parker team up. Turn them up a great music parody. For those of you that know, Les publishes a music parody every morning in his tmspotlight.com newsletter. It's commentary about the markets. How he does that is amazing. It's really good. Consistent. A lot of people enjoy it. I love it. I'm glad he contributes each and every week. You can sign up, get a newsletter by going to tmspotlight.com and sign up for free. And you can use paid version for free. You just put in the word power for power seller and Grateful to have Les here with the country. Good job, Les Parker and Gary Kenshaw. Appreciate it. Matt Graham's a busy guy today. Couldn't be here, but he did send in a recording. So let's hear what Matt has to say about what happened last week and what we look forward to this week in the markets. Matt? This is Matt Graham with the MBS Live Market Update. In many ways, last week was really just about finding our range after the previous week's heavy sell-off. That is the one that followed, but isn't necessarily directly related to the Fed's tapering indications at the Fed announcement two weeks ago. Definitely, the Fed was a catalyst for the sell-off, but there were other factors involved. We talked about some of those, and the decline in daily COVID case counts is certainly important in that regard. The debt ceiling and potential government shutdown issues have been mostly noise as far as traders are concerned, even amid new headlines this morning saying that a reconciliation vote is possible in the Senate. We haven't seen a ton of movement in the bond market, and the movement we have seen is really counterintuitive, suggesting that there are other factors in play when it comes to motivating bonds. As far as last week's economic data, Again, it was uh, really sort of overlooked because markets were caught up in trading based on momentum and technicals as opposed to reacting to new incoming data points. But uh, the durable goods data for August did come in quite a bit stronger than expected on Monday, 1.8 versus 0.7. Home prices surged on Tuesday. Of course, this is a little bit stale because home price reports run a couple months behind. In this case, we're looking at July's prices. But that's significant because that will be the first of three months that comprise the final quarter of price appreciation that will then inform conforming loan limits that are announced at the end of November. There's quite a bit of buzz about that last week as Penny Mac and then a few other lenders temporarily or unexpectedly upped their quote-unquote loan limits to 625 uh, for every county as opposed to the normal conforming loan limit. This is not a new loan limit. It's just a promotional strategy that a few lenders are implementing based on the near certainty that 625 will end up being low, probably too low, almost certainly too low for new loan limits to come in at. The reason we know that is simply looking at quarter two versus quarter three last year, we're already pretty close to that. And it would only take the amount of appreciation that we've already seen reported in July to hit something around 627000 So any additional appreciation in the next 
two months, of course, those two months have already happened, but once they're reported, we'll only increase the conforming loan limit from 627 to something higher by the time it is announced. Moving on from that treasury auction cycle, it was a two, five, and seven year cycle that was condensed to Monday and Tuesday. In the past few months, we've seen positive reactions after weakness heading into a treasury auction cycle. This time around, arguably, yes, yields did top out on Tuesday, but it wasn't the resounding post-auction surge that we've seen on several occasions. And the bonds really just flattened out for the most part for the rest of the week, sort of acquiescing to the new higher yield range that uh, we broke into the previous week. In terms of outright levels, if 10-year yields aren't breaking back below, say, 1.44 to 1.45, we're continuing to sort of accept this new higher trading range. And indeed, it's hard to see what exactly it would take for yields to break back into the previous range if we're not having a resurgence in COVID case counts or significant weakness in economic data. This Friday brings this week's biggest economic report in the form of non-farm payrolls, the big jobs report. And this is the one that the Fed referenced two weeks ago saying it really only needs to be mediocre in order for tapering announcement to go ahead in November. One sort of dark horse in that race is that a significantly stronger jobs report could cause some buzz about the Fed making an intermeeting announcement since November is still a ways away. And that would get yields screaming higher at a fairly rapid pace, but it would take something well over a million jobs created, which is currently not expected. In fact, the forecast is all the way down at 488,000 up from uh, 235 last time. But these are well off the numbers that we had been talking about over the past few months where the Fed said we could taper if we saw NFP numbers around a million, give or take. Of course, we saw one that was pretty close, but not multiple successive numbers. In fact, we saw two that were close, so 850 and then 943, but then the most recent one was 235. So a slight uptick from there, and really anything that's remotely close to 488. The forecast for Friday is assumed to be good enough for the Fed to announce tapering. Other than that, ISM non-manufacturing tomorrow would be another significant report, and then, of course, ADP Employment on Wednesday morning always has a little bit of market movement potential as well. That'll do it for this week. As always, remember, like an on-lending listeners, get a free double-time trial with no credit card requirement on MBS Live simply for entering the code LOL in the sign-up screen on mbslive.net. Good job, Matt. Appreciate it very much. I got to get over to feedback on the report with Jack. Someone wrote me, Jack, last week and said, what are you doing asking Jack about commentary about the markets? He's retired now. He doesn't have no time to look at that. Well, I think you said you're never going to get caught flat-footed again. <laughs> What's your thought? Because you're a very astute observer of the markets. Real quick, what you got? Any thoughts as we look at this? Well, I mean, from my standpoint, the markets are extremely nervous right now. The yeah. key drivers, Fed tapering, the supply chain disruption, and inflation. Why? Friday's report on personal consumption or consumer expenditures showed that it was the highest annualized inflation run rate since mm -hmm. 1991, 30 years ago. And in the Eurozone, the inflation is highest it's been in 13 years. So yeah. those three things keep an eye on, as Matt said, job reports big this week. The one thing that is kind of nagging out there right now 
is a geopolitical event. That's China saber rattling with Taiwan and the flyover of jets. Anything happens over there, look for a huge rally in bonds yeah. and a sell-off in equities, David. Yep. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Alice Alvey's here with another report. Again, Alice been here with me from the very beginning. She's the first one I reached out to. Hey, we're doing this thing called a podcast. Can you do it? She goes, what are we going to talk about? 13 years into this now, she's got another report. Alice Alvey, CMB, Vice President of Education and Training at Union Home Mortgage with this week's legislative update. Thanks, Alice. What you got? Well, first of all, Dave, are you kidding me? Jack is such a great wealth of knowledge. He wouldn't have to listen to the market. He could just listen to Matt's report. And with all his knowledge, he would be able to tell us what is going on because history always repeats itself, right? Yeah. And so I love hearing Jack's knowledge. He's calm, right? There's no panic because know. it's all been there, here. done that. And let's get those words of wisdom for uh, what we can expect and how we can manage through it. I also want to thank Matt in his report for touching on the agency loan limits because yes. that was a little bit of a thing last week with loan officers going, hey, wait a minute, how come we aren't announcing the new agency loan limit and having to go through the fact that, well, the agencies haven't announced the number and there are some entities out there really hedging their bets on where they think it may be and obviously hanging on to those loans until they're able to be delivered based on when mm -hmm. Fannie and Freddie actually announced that new number. So that's what's going on. For those of you who are going, hey, how come I don't have 625? Listen to Matt's report, and he gave a good explanation. So for my report, just MBA update, they announced the COVID-19 recovery modification that FHA has out on their drafting table. I just want to make sure everybody's clear on this. This is related to borrowers who are in foreclosure, coming out of their COVID-19 forbearance, and what does that look like? And there is a waterfall process. We're certainly going to be trying 30-year terms and make sure the borrower's payment is going to be reducing enough. And what this is all about is FHA opening up and offering a 40-year term option after all the other options are exhausted. So a person won't be able to just go with that and be able to, yeah, of course, amortize my loan over the longest possible, right? If we meet the minimum of reducing it by 25% at one of the earlier steps in the waterfall, those will have to apply. And this is only for those customers that it makes sense. They've got jobs, they're able to repay, and they just needed a little bit more to get that payment down in order to be able to afford it. So take a look at that. File any comments that you may have. It does have to include a partial claim with that 40-year submission. And then we have Rohit Chopra as our new CFPB director. So that was another thing I thought was excellent. Make sure everyone kind of takes a look at that. We now have a director who's going to be very focused on fair lending. So as lenders, we all have a radar up. And then last but not least is the congressional budget. The 2022 budget Re reconciliation package does have this unlocking possibilities program as part of it. So MBA did send a letter to Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and others. This is a letter that was done in conjunction with many other entities to be able to make sure that this grant program stays in the budget. It is $300 million, and the grant money is made available to states and cities and counties for housing improvements. And in that, it all requires that there's a matching grant. So it's not just wide open money, but this program would continue for states and cities and counties. If they have matching funds, these federal funds will be able to match that amount for the grant for housing improvement. Uh, it's a great package to make sure stays included 
in the mm-hmm. budget, not big dollars relative to everything else that's being talked about, but an important one for our industry that we will keep watching. Just clarifying group home ruling, FIFA did clarify that. Freddie yeah. rolled that out with uh, group homes, kind of a minor little piece out there, but in keeping with now they're aligned with Fannie. And if you've got a group home, you're going to be able to continue forward with getting the occupancy correct, but you wouldn't have to exclude it for Freddie delivery, thinking that it's an income producing property that wouldn't qualify. They do qualify and all that's cleared up now. So that's my report days. Back to you. Cleared up and Alice made it clear. Very good. Thank you. Appreciate it much, Alice. And for those of you wanting to download, look at all of Alice's comments or any of the comments in here, we put them all on our website, look at on lending. You can download and listen to them anytime by just going over to that part of the website. And each one of our segments are all stacked up there. So people say, I want to go back and listen to what Alice said on this day. And I don't want to go through the whole podcast. You don't have to go into the website. Check it out. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Alice. Let's get over to Alan Pollock with this week's weekly tech update. Alan. How are you doing? Thank you, David Licken. I'm going to be here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. So we're going to do some real-time math calculations near the end of the segment. So get your brain ready, David, because you're going to be my uh, my guinea pig for the process. So (laughs) a couple things going on. The first one that I wanted to chat about is Taco Day. Every day is Taco Day. And ultimately, get this, in 20 participating restaurants across Tucson, Arizona, customers can pay between $5 to $10 a month for what's called a Taco Lover's Pass, which gives subscription one taco a day for 30 days. So I don't know if anybody listening wants to go get the Taco Lover's Pass. I'll pay for it because I would like a review of how those tacos went one every day for 30 days. But more exciting stuff in the news. By the way, if you're a Taco Bell fan, you can get a soft taco, a spicy potato soft taco, crunchy tacos, or even their Dorito taco. Enjoy your tacos. Yeah, we just got texted. Okay, Alan, I love your humor, but what the heck does this have to do with technology of the market administration? It doesn't. It's just fun news. I got other fun technology stuff, but let's talk about Google because we market with Google all the time. Mm -hmm. So Google has been transitioning. They've done a good job kind of giving us insight into what happens on their system. Well, we know they've already gone beyond the 10 blue links that they offer, and they've done more. But now what they're going to do is the following. One offering things to know boxes around a given search. So think about that. Imagine if Mm. you're advertising as a lender to help borrowers understand that you offer VA program or to help them understand that home ownership and affordability is something you can cure, you can help them with. Well, there's now going to be things that they're offering things to know. I don't know how you connect with that, but you want to find out with your marketing company. They're also going to be, it's returning, but they're going to be enhancing the subsections of videos. So think about using videos in your approach to market your company. I know a lot of lenders that listen to us do videos today, and some of them have internal production companies that do a fantastic job. Continue to think about connecting the dots between natural text and actual videos. And the last one is they're continuing to expand upon Google Lens and the ability to do image recognition and the data extraction off of those images and connect them to the search results. So consider creating a one-page infographics, things that help continue to market. Marketing is no longer just paying to have your links on the site. It is now technology has enabled this, let's call it a three-legged stool for the moment because I gave you three points. So consider Google and the changes they're making as you consider your marketing efforts and how you're going to expand, especially as rates may possibly change in the future. David, this one's not mortgage related, but get this, probably a lot. I'm not a Star Trek fan, by the way, but I know that there's a lot of Star Trek fans that listen. 
90-year-old William Shatner, Wednesday out of Texas on October 12th. He'll be officially the oldest person to travel to space. I thought that was pretty cool. Now, let's talk about tech. Regions Bank acquires a home improvement lender. It's called Enerbank, and they're a point-of-sale technology platform, and they're a lender, and they serve homeowners and contractors. And they provide the ability, without a home equity loan, as an example, to acquire a mortgage. So they've served more than 1 million homeowners since inception, and they currently work with over 10,000 contractors. So they've been able to get out there and help contractors and homeowners afford those home improvements. Regions Bank, this is a huge deal. Not only do they get to acquire the technology, but they also get to acquire not only the customers, but think of all the additional funding options that they can put inside oh, yeah. of this and use that technology for. They're a local bank here in Florida, by the way. I know a lot of people that love them. They also do a lot of business banking, so kudos to them. David, talking about NBA National, i got to bring this up. It is technology. You can go on the internet. You can search Forbes Advisor, A-D-V-I-S-O-R, and search for COVID travel insurance. So you can get a plan. I looked at Tinleg. There's 20 of them, and I did an online search. I found that you can insure your entire trip to NBA National, and it's about 65 to $90. And there's all kinds of insurance plans out there. Some of them allow you to cancel for no reason. Some allow you to cancel if you turned out you have COVID and you've already booked and paid for the trip. Check it out. Don't forget, it's on Forbes Advisor. There's an online search engine, and that'll get you to our mortgage technology conference if you haven't been vaccinated. Redfin, David, huge. Asking prices are up at an all-time high. They basically did a survey. They're using all kinds of technology. Pending sales were up 4%, and they're saying that technology is helping drive this information. Imagine if the technology can be used to tell us every time that you look at a house based on similar deals, or if you're looking to shop, is that deal likely to go fast or not go fast? I've been looking at real estate in my area, I'm looking to buy, and I can tell you right now that there's homes that keep coming back on the market, one of them two times already. There's homes that are pending way too long. What does the analytical data tell us? We watch a football game and we know the percentage of times that person has caught the ball and based on the risk of where we are and how much time's left in the game and who the teams are and who's out sick and who's not, their percentage of catching that ball. Why don't we know more about our real estate? And why don't we know more about how a mortgage transaction can help you get in front of that? So awesome stuff that Redfin's reporting about, but I got to tell you, we need to do better with AI to help determine more. And I know there's some number crunchers listening to this that are probably like, oh, I've seen it, I've done it. So we'd love to hear from you, but that's where I think AI needs to go with some of that stuff. Last thing, David, I want to get into, I'll save some of the stuff for next time, build versus buy, right? We're going to get into some real-time numbers. And last week, I talked about that. So get this. I found an online calculator, right? So for building, it's the cost to build the software, right? And for buying, it's the cost of licensing. So this calculator says the cost of technology. I took an enterprise platform about $5,000 a month, right? So I I just kind of rounded up $75,000 a year. I said, if you're going to build the same software, you need four employees. Let's say it takes you 26 months. All right, wait till you hear these numbers. 26 months, is no one can build tech in 26 months that you're going to pay five grand a month for, but let's just say. I did an average employee salary of 80000 a year, 25% overhead, okay? So each employee is about 100000 a year, all right? Get this. To build the software is going to be $2.4 million with an annual maintenance of $60,000. If you were to license software, it would be 
unbelievably less money than that. So the question that you need to ask yourself, and I can modify these numbers. I can say it's only going to be two employees. It still comes to $1.2 million. And you can't really build it in that amount of time. So if I did 52 weeks, David, you're still looking at two employees at $2.4 million. I know it's a big discussion that goes on a lot of shops. Can we make this cheaper? And I, I got to tell you, it's getting harder and harder to come to that point to do that. Make or buy, it seems to be it's buy. Buy as close as you can to that and then work with the vendor. And we're fortunate to have a special guest, a vendor that can help you with that. So uh, very excited. Alan, great job on the report. If you want to write Alan, several of you are texting me right now. says, I got some information. I'd like to get over to Alan. Alan at TMS-advisors.com. A-L-L-E-N at TMS-advisors.com. And he'll get this and he'll bring your comments to this. Thanks for being here, Alan. Appreciate it so much. Folks, that wraps up the first part of the podcast. Next week, we've got Christy Moss with Form Free joining us. Very excited. Always fun to have the folks from Form Free, especially Christy. There's so many quite places we go with Christy. She is a one-man promotional band when it comes to promoting and being a champion in social media, getting the word out. We've got a lot of questions for our good friend Christy Moss back with us next week. So be sure to tell others about the podcast next week and join us here. I want to say again, special thank you to our sponsors, Finastra, CMLA, The Lenders One, Accelerate, Mobility, MMI, Mortgage Market Intelligence, Modex, as well as MBA, Knowledge Coop, Mortgage Collaborative, and Snapbox, our newest sponsor. Thank you folks for being here and sharing this podcast with others and increasing our audience. Appreciate it so much. Have a great week. See you back here next week. You've been listening to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update with your host, David Lickin' of Transformational Mortgage Solutions. Join us next week, and thanks for listening.